Hello, I'm Amy Stevenson, and this is The Human CEO. In each episode, we'll be meeting with CEOs and senior leaders to understand their approach to leadership, the challenges they faced, and how they overcame them. We'll also be asking what they feel it takes to be a great leader. All of the mistakes that I've made, all of the major ones have been about people. How to adapt your approach, your communication style, and your thought process to the needs of different people and where they're coming from. Welcome to The Human CEO. I'm your host, Amy Stevenson, and today I'm joined by Mike Stevens. Mike's the CEO of Entrepreneurial Spark, a purpose-led accelerator for entrepreneurs. Mike's been leading eSpark since 2018 and describes himself as a restless idea hunter with a deeply held belief in the power of creativity and curiosity to change the world, hence his passion for working with entrepreneurs. Mike joins us today to share his insight as a leader and a human CEO. Thank you for joining us today, Mike. It's great to have you with us. Thanks, Amy. It's great to be here. I'm looking forward to hearing a bit more about your story and about Entrepreneurial Spark. So first question then, can you tell us a bit about your organisation, please? Yeah, so Entrepreneurial Spark is an accelerator for entrepreneurs. Um, We've been going for 10 years. Uh, We celebrated our 10th anniversary last year, which was a really great milestone. Thank you. Uh, We, um, I guess what most people would say is different about us as an accelerator is that we're purpose-led. So our mission as an organization is to build great people who build great businesses to drive growth that benefits everybody, uh, which is quite a long mission statement. And there's a, there's a couple of bits to it. So just to kind of break it down, um, we're about building great people. So it's our great belief that unlocking the power of people is the big thing that unlocks um, business and success and all of that. So all of our programs are about focusing on the person at the heart of the business, their mindset, their behaviors, what they can do differently to, um, uh, to promote success. It's about people who build businesses. So obviously we are looking to build great businesses uh, off off the back of it. And that includes social enterprises. That's anything which creates um, good outcomes for society, which is Mm -hmm. the third bit of our purpose uh, about driving growth that benefits everybody. So we believe in the power of entrepreneurs to solve problems, create wealth, create opportunity in communities uh, all the way across the world. And that if more people have that opportunity, then it's good for everybody in reducing inequality, in just advancing us as a species so that's what growth growth that benefits everybody is all about reducing inequality creating opportunity for more people and that's fantastic. what we do fantastic and and so as a leader of that kind of organization at that stage in its life cycle what kind of challenges are you up against at the minute <laughs> so we've had a really interesting journey as an organization uh, since we were started. So I I didn't found the organization originally. That was uh, two people called Lucy Rose Walker and Jim Duffy. Um, They Mm -hmm. founded it in 2012. And we we built the organization to a team of 50 over a number of years and then uh, exited that in 2018. Mm So we had a team of 50, we went back down to a team of three, um, really back into startup mode, no revenue, nothing. And that's when I took over the, mm-hmm. the business at that point. So the main challenges really have been starting a business from scratch that has a huge legacy and uh, uh-huh. you know name and, and living up to that, living, living up to that reputation, but also at the same time, learning to be a leader myself. I'd never led or managed anyone. Okay. Before I took on this this role, so it was straight into being a startup CEO in an uncertain environment, um, raising funding, 
developing a team, or all of those things thrown into mm-hmm. them together. I suppose walking the path that your entrepreneurs are walking. Absolutely, and and that's one of the fascinating things about it. That even though you can help people with particular challenges on a day to day basis, it's still really hard when you're facing that to to deal with it yourself and and, mm-hmm. and apply those those lessons. However mm-hmm. much you know, however much you can do the self talk and uh, all of the mindset stuff, it's yeah. still it's still a massively challenging journey. Yeah, absolutely. And, and speaking of your journey then, how did you get into leadership? Was it always going to be the case that you were going to run your own enterprise? or No. I, I, in fact, I was, I was quite a reluctant CEO uh, <laughs> at, the start of the, at the start of the journey. I, I'd, I'd always told myself I didn't want that. Okay. And then the opportunity came along and I started to ask myself why. Why, why didn't I see myself as a leader? Why didn't I want to do it? And what was the cost of me not doing it? Mm-hmm. And started to realise that it's just because I was scared and okay. perhaps didn't want the responsibility or the, the, the pressure, the performance pressure of mm-hmm. um, delivering as, as a CEO, as a leader. And once I realised that and when is that the kind of person that I want to be, I made the decision that I, I wasn't going to let all of that stuff hold me back and that I was going to give it a go. Good for you. Good for you. And then, so in terms of, I always like asking this question, people don't tend to like answering it sometimes, but if there was a blooper reel of your leadership career, are there mistakes that you've made that you're happy to share with us that you've learned a lot from? I think all of the mistakes that I've made, have all of the major ones have been about people. Okay. And how to adapt your approach, your communication style and your thought process to the needs of different people and where they're coming from. So I think there have been a number of times where I have said something in a meeting, for example, or brought something to a meeting in a particular way as a leader, Mm -hmm. expecting a certain type of reaction or maybe, maybe just not thinking about the type of reaction that it was going to evoke in people. Um, and then got a very different reaction from the one I was thinking of. Uh-huh. And then had to spend weeks or months, in some cases, backpedaling from okay. that. And, and I think the essence of it comes down to really needing to treat people like people and not as moving parts in yeah. in the business. Yeah. Um, and, and that, it, it, it wasn't a hard lesson to learn in the sense of, it kind of sounds obvious, but when you're trying to deal with all the different strategies and operations and who's doing what and what's everyone's job and what does the business need and mapping all mm-hmm. of that together, I think it can be easy to lose sight of the individual humans within that process and okay. then communicate in a way which perhaps doesn't uh, doesn't land you the best results with the team. Yeah, okay. And, and in terms of that learning then, has that shaped your, your leadership style overall or were there other pieces of advice or experiences that have shaped your leadership style? Yes, that really has. So learning to anticipate emotional intelligence, mm-hmm. essentially, uh, learning to understand myself and how I'm showing up and what I'm bringing to the party and how other mm-hmm. people um, how other people react to that has been important. Learning to manage myself 
in, in terms of what I'm presenting. So I think at the start of my leadership journey, I was really raw and open, which I thought was being authentic, you know, just kind of splurge everything out that, you, that, that you've got, uh, hold nothing back. And that's what authenticity is all about. But actually, I learned over time that the team found that quite disruptive okay. because they were having to respond to whatever I was thinking at the time. Or if I was a bit uncertain about something, that would project out onto the team, which were things that I hadn't necessarily thought about what the impact would be. Yeah, so, yeah. I think learning to walk that fine line between still being authentic but presenting what the team needs from their leader um, has has really shaped my style. Yeah. Um, but also some of that process of understanding where the frustrations of individual team members come from and where how I can be to really unlock the potential within them mm-hmm. and how that needs to change. So I'll give you an example. I'm when I'm looking ahead I'm very much a build forward person so I start where we are right now what do we need to do next what happens after that what's the following step and then where does that end up at the end Mm -hmm. Um, so that can be then quite flexible in terms of an end point but I like to just kind of get started with something and, and get going I've had numerous other team members, and one of my co-directors is a good example, who like to have an end goal in mind. They need to know where they're going to so that Mm -hmm. they look back from that into the steps of what do we need to do now. Yeah, yeah. And that was a sort of alien approach to me and ended up in a number of sort of difficult meetings where people were going, why, but where are we going? Where are we going with all this? And sort of going around the houses with that. So learning about how a different person is coming at something and um, how to uh, key into that mm-hmm. has helped me to adapt the leadership style. So I, I've become a lot more adaptive and understanding of the different ways that teams work and staff members, yeah. work, colleagues mm-hmm. work, um, so that I can better deliver what they need. Yeah, it's the communication styles, isn't it? People oh. respond to different communication styles and need different things at different times and just going back to what you said about authenticity i think authenticity is massively powerful but you have to have the context with it yeah so if you were going through a situation i don't know if you were seeking funding and things weren't going to plan because there is no fun in fundraising is there um and things weren't going to plan and you were sort of venting your frustrations at the team and they haven't got the context that actually everything's going to be okay just that this part's frustrating that can be really really um disruptive is the word that you use isn't it Yes, I think any any sort of negative emotions. So I'm not generally a frustrated or angry person, and there, there's never been any sort of snapping at the team or um, a, any of that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But I'm more any negativity that I bring generally is around doubt or okay. certainty, or perhaps in some cases, particularly in the past, around indecision and not really sure where to go with this. And then you put that into the team and no one can really help with that because in a lot of cases, it is your decision as the leader and you've just got uh-huh. to make it and, 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 and get on. Mm-hmm. So I've learned what to bring and what not to bring into yeah. to a, a team environment. Fantastic. And, and so in terms of advice that you would offer to people, obviously there's, there's lots of insight there in terms of what we just talked about, but is there a piece of advice that someone either gave you would share with someone that's looking to follow in your footsteps, what's really helped you in the past? I think the best 
I think the best advice or the best learning that I've had from a combination of advice and experience, mm-hmm. the best advice I would offer to someone else would just be about getting used to feeling like you're not, feeling like you don't know what you're doing at the okay. start. And realizing that you are going to make all of these mistakes and it, it's going to happen as, as a, whether as a first time CEO or even in a lot of cases as a, in, in the future. Mm-hmm. I know lots of very experienced CEOs, very experienced leaders who still make mistakes or just sometimes there isn't even a mistake. Sometimes it's just a really difficult situation and you can't please mm-hmm. everybody. You've just got to make yeah. difficult decisions. That's part of being a leader. And getting to the point where you can be okay with that stuff and forgive yourself for making yeah. those decisions or forgive yourself for making those mistakes. Because mm-hmm. if you can't, the leadership journey is going to be 10 times harder as yeah. you wrestle with all of the inner demons and inner critic that, um, that comes with making errors, upsetting people, mm-hmm. uh, th- those kind of things. Yeah, okay. We're all fallible, aren't we? I suppose it's, it's coming to terms with that, but learning from the mistakes that you make. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and so, in terms of, I don't like to ask if there's any sort of icons or idols in terms of leaders that you particularly admire, because I think everyone, everyone kind of takes a little bit from lots of different people. But are there leaders, past or present, famous or otherwise, that have influenced you or that you particularly admire? elements of their style does anyone stand out for you so there's a there's a couple um i I, everyone everyone loves a ted talk right Mm -hmm. uh so my favorites come from my favorite ted talks which are uh sir ken robinson schools kill do do schools kill creativity okay talk is called and just his approach creativity has always been a great value of mine creativity and curiosity and just his thought process around how to uh, how to accommodate all of the differences all of the wondrous variety of humanity and what what potential that unlocks in us mm-hmm. has always always inspired me and then the other one is margaret heffernan who i've seen a couple of things and just the way that she shapes ideas she did uh she did a ted talk called um uh it's time to end the pecking order at work or something which is about super chickens uh, j- just the, the the clarity of her thought and her the, the way that she articulates her ideas and, and the ideas that she had has always been something that i aspire to and then the final one i know we, we might talk about content that we consume in a minute but a, a mm-hmm. book that i've read very recently is called anything you want by derek sivers Okay, not across that one yet. A really short little book. You can do it in 90 minutes, two hours of an evening with a okay. glass of something. And it's just a really refreshing look at the fact that there are no rules in leadership. Okay. There isn't a blueprint. And I think the fact that there are 6 million business books out there, all of which peddle something slightly different, shows that there isn't a blueprint. Mm-hmm. Um, there isn't a right way of doing this. You can make it whatever you want to make it, to make it. Yeah. And no one can tell you that you're doing it wrong mm-hmm. in a way. And, and, and I think that book, again, has been a really important part of me learning to forgive myself for always doing things in the way that other people would do them. Interesting. What's the, what's the name of the book again? Uh, it's called Anything You Want by Anything you want. Derek Sivers. It's just here. Fantastic.
Fantastic. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you. That was going to be my next question. <laughs> what kind of books have influenced you or what, what would you share that have helped you in the past? But that sounds like a really good read. I'm just reading um, Let My People Go Surfing. Oh, yeah. That's um, yeah, that's a good one. I'm finding that really interesting. But you're right. There is no, there is no one size fits all, is there? No. I, I think you've just got to find the things that connect into you and your values in the way that you think. Yes. And and make the most of those, yeah. But it, it yeah. does it does need a bit of investment of time into finding that and, and making sure that you are consuming different things. Yeah, I think often it's the way you communicate that as well. So understanding who you are as a leader, but then finding the ways to articulate that as a leader yeah. in terms of getting your values across and engaging your your team in that. Yeah. And and so tell us, can you tell us a bit about Entrepreneurial Spark then? What's going on over the next six, nine, 12 months? Who are you working with? Who, who are you helping? And how can people get in touch? Yeah, so uh, we are currently running a, we're currently running a couple of accelerators. We're running um, a regional accelerator in South Yorkshire for tech um, entrepreneurs aimed at developing out the, the tech ecosystem there. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, we're actually in the process uh, mid cohort on that at the moment. So unfortunately no applications at this stage, but, um, there, there may be maybe future cohorts that we're hoping Mm -hmm. to get up and running. I guess the, the big thing for the future is our space accelerator in partnership with UK space agency and exotopic. So we've just launched this last month. Mm -hmm. We're going to be supporting 180 space companies over the next two years and that's everything from really technical space things people want people that want to put things on rockets to mm-hmm. anybody using any sort of space technology maybe you're in agritech maybe you're in engineering and you mm-hmm. use gps you want to use gps or earth observation data or satellite data or any of that stuff we encapsulate all of that in in space so it's really about creating a really diverse mix of startups in the space sector that Mm -hmm. will become the the great space companies of the future and and again grow that opportunity for everybody so we're looking for people from all the way across the uk different Mm -hmm. communities different backgrounds uh, to bring into that process fantastic and so just googling entrepreneurial spark everything's on the website they can find you there Absolutely, yeah. Or you can go to ukspaceaccelerator.co.uk to find out more about the... Fantastic. And and so in terms of where you work then, it's companies across the UK. You're based in South Yorkshire, but you work with organisations across the UK. Yes, we're, we're actually not based anywhere. My team is virtual, which has been another... Okay leadership challenge so we have i've I've got people everywhere from me in sheffield across to manchester and liverpool Mm -hmm. uh i've got a team member up in dundee i've got one in the south coast down in totnes and a few dotted around in between as well oh and we've just recruited someone in lisbon as well just to just to increase the increase the level of challenge so we're, we're, we're really living that sort of virtual team environment well, yeah, and in terms of in terms of the challenges of having a virtual team, then can you talk to us about how you've overcome those challenges? If, if there are any sort of hacks that you've noticed, or any themes that that you've or challenges that you've had to overcome? I think for us, the face to face time does make a difference. Mm-hmm. I think that's one thing that we've really found that 
it's so hard just to live your life on Zoom or Google Meets or Teams yeah. or, or whatever whatever online thing you use. So we do make sure that we get together once a month. And in that time, we don't just talk about the nitty gritty of work. We talk about mm-hmm. the human stuff. We talk about yeah. values. We talk about hopes and dreams and aspirations and visions and things mm-hmm. like that. We, we, we find ways to really invest in those human to human connections while we've got the energy of face to face. We also have to, in an online environment, there are so many channels. We've got Slack, we've got email, we've got Teams, we've got regular, you know, a couple of Zoom calls a day. Um, There there are so many different places that you can just get bombarded with everything and never get the chance to switch off. So we have to be conscious of each other and knowing where each other are at in terms of our workloads, in terms of our mood, um, mm-hmm. in terms of our organisation and time management in particular, and making sure that we regularly check in on those things. Because yes. when you're face-to-face, you get a sense of the energy that someone's yes. putting out. That's really yeah. hard to do over Zoom. So that yeah. takes extra energy as a leader. Yeah, absolutely. I suppose from a training element as well, there's a lot of stuff when you're in an office together that you can pick up through osmosis. You just have to make allowances or create those opportunities for, for training as well, don't you, when you've got remote? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. We've just, so we've just gone from a team of two up to, two, up to a team of nine in the space of about three months. Mm-hmm. And that meant we've had a lot of onboarding to do and we've had to yeah. be really structured and careful about all of the, not just the knowledge about the organisation, but the cultural onboarding, mm-hmm. the, um, the bits and pieces of knowledge about all the products and projects. We've yeah. had to be really conscious of making sure there's a structure in place to impart all of that to the new team yeah. members so they really get immersed in the organisation uh, yeah. in a virtual way. Yeah, fantastic. Fantastic. Well, Mike, I really enjoyed speaking with you. I really enjoyed hearing a bit about your journey and all about entrepreneurial sparks. So thank you for joining us. You're very welcome. It's been great to great to do.